just to touch on ADHD, one thing I, I don't like what I hear out there is people always saying, you know, people with ADHD can't focus. Uh, and I don't believe that. And, you know, a, a good friend of mine, Robert Heisey, he also believes that too, right? It's not that. It's If it's not interesting to me, I'm not going to focus on it. I'll go to what I'm interested in. Sorry, so, can you repeat that? I wasn't listening. That jet. <laughs> and there it is again. There it is. That's two. That's two today. You're going to have to keep this in. That's two today. Welcome to Conversations with myself, Nick Conn. Really excited today. We've got Tana Hassan in the studio. Tana is going to be doing a workshop today on... Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. <clears throat> Tana is a counsellor psychotherapist. He's also a sex therapist. He's one of my idols in the industry. Big name. Um, got a lot to share, a lot to give. Um, so, Tana, let's... No Start pressure. By welcoming. No, no pressure, no pressure at all. Man. I mean, it must be such an honour, you know, really, for you to be on a show like this. With you, amazing. <laughs> I mean, I've taken about 50 million pictures. Uh, so, yeah, I'm very excited to be here. So thanks We're for excited me. to have you. Thank you for coming. But, you know, we do a bit of research. This isn't the first time you've been behind the camera, in front of the camera, is it, Tanner? No, no, I've done a few things. done quite a few things on camera. Um, yeah, so I've done, I've represented organisations before around uh, shopping addiction specifically. So I was on a morning show on ITV, which is great. Um, and you're referring to the old days. I am you? referring to the old <laughs> days, the old Tanner. Okay, so uh, uh -huh. so I was, I've always been a performer, um, an entertainer. So yeah, many years ago I was go doing lots of auditions and pursuing a music career and was nearly signed twice and lots of crazy things like that. And uh, yeah, so I did the first really reality tv it wasn't reality tv really because it was an audition process that was televised and it was uh, pop stars yeah and the hearsay and liberty x were formed so i was 19 then so a long 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 time ago about 22 years ago and i got really far got to last 14 and that's kind of where the journey started for me for a lot of a lot of issues but also a lot of success and um you know it was an enjoyable ride never quite got there um was close many times but uh, yeah, it was great fun. Great well, fun. I think this has to be, you know, the height of anyone's success is being on a show like this. I you think know, this so is probably the the pinnacle, really. This is it. Has to be. This is the tip of the ice. This is this is it. I've arrived now. And let's talk about. I mean, Michelle Heaton um, recently uh, went into rehab. Right. Um, she's opened up about cocaine addiction. Yeah. Amazing for her, and we're all all uh, rooting for you, Michelle. So keep up the good work. Absolutely. Good um, luck to you. And I'm pleased I've got a psychotherapist in here because I've got to open up. You know, I haven't been to my self-harm and support group in three weeks now. But listen, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. It starts. It's, and it starts. You so promised me you weren't <laughs> going to do this. But... It's going to be so much But more. here we are. Here we are. <clears throat> Too late. Can't right. back out now. Sorry, let me just sip my water now. <laughs> uh, please continue with that terrible joke. So let's talk about imposter, thing, imposter syndrome. So can you give us an example of this process? Yeah, so imposter syndrome. <clears throat> very, very, um, very much talked about now. Yeah. Um, a lot of people talking about it. Um there is a lot of myths out there that whether it's mainly women that go through this, um, but actually men go through this as well. Everybody goes through it. Okay. Um, there's just a lot more women vocalizing it. Um, I mean, even the, uh, I can't even remember her name now, but she's the prime minister of, of New Zealand. 
she's come out openly and said that she suffers with imposter syndrome at times. So the more that's talked about it, it, it's coming up. I mean, many people have got different views on it. I've got a friend that says, look, I don't believe in it, imposter syndrome. You are where you are at that moment. If you don't feel you're worthy at the moment, you don't feel worthy in that moment. But I don't disbelieve that, but I go a little step further around, you know, what imposter syndrome really is. And so when you look at it, it that overriding thought, it's that overriding thought that says, you know, caused by stress, um, or, you know, the anxiety that comes with it, say, I don't deserve to be here. Right. You know, or, or I can't, um, they'll all figure out I'm a fraud, right? They'll all know that I don't know what I'm doing. They'll all know. Everybody knows. And that's kind of the, the thought process that goes on in somebody's mind. Uh, I think we were just talking about it before. Tom Cruise has gone through yeah. exactly that. Yeah. And, and though people may outwardly judge that and say, well, you know what, someone like him, how can he go through that? But actually, if you look, the higher up you go and the more successful you are, the more pressure that's put on self, right? So my theory is this, self-improvement, if you're in that, where's the self-acceptance? Yeah. Self-acceptance transcends self-improvement every time. So if we're not in that self-acceptance place and constantly chasing in the self-improvement, those accolades will mean nothing. That they won't they won't sit well. It will be filling that void that can never be filled. Does that make sense? It does. So you mentioned. I mean, I'm interested to know what the reasons really are for this because I mean, you mentioned mm. stress. You, you mentioned what what other reasons would you say that there are for people that that have imposter? But sometimes it can be really simple. It's like listening to your body, right? So <clears throat> let's say you're in a period of overwhelmment. You know, it could be that. It could be you're tired. You've not eaten. You've not slept very well. Right? You've got a lot of pressure going on. And suddenly, a bit of negative thinking kicks in. The fear kicks in. And let's look at what fear really stands for, right? So we've got a crass version, fuck everything and run. Yeah. Or false evidence appearing real. And we should use it to be face everything and recover, yeah. right? And I know you know that one. Yeah. So half my, my feeling on that is that half the brain manufactures bullshit and the other half buys it. So the point is to get in between that deal before that happens. So could it be, um, let's say growing up mm-hmm. and your parents are saying you're not you're not good enough you're not good enough you you know always looking at the negative could that be an entry point into having this absolutely you're getting on to yeah so for some people it can be very much the lighter end or the more simple stuff that can be addressed a bit of work pressure stress tiredness but some for some people it's more deep rooted right so therefore stemming from childhood so yeah someone telling you you're you're stupid, you're useless, you're this, you're that. And those sort of negative thoughts become part of you and you believe those, right? So they resonate with you, stick with you, and then they affect you in your adult life. So absolutely, that's another quite a deeper, more therapeutic, you know, route and finding out why that why that's going on in the process. My wife says that to me all the time. <laughs> Always is you idiot, you this, you that. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Well, I, I feel being married, wife. right? I feel for your wife. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am so, married, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and we'll move on from the hands. We're moving on. Take out the bit about the wife. <laughs> um, how do we get out of this this way of thinking? So, I always say, right, it's about you got to be your own scientist. Therapy is about you being your own scientist. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you just have all the answers, but having that space in therapy to be able to look at what's useful and what's not useful and the process is really important. So I always say to clients that challenge the evidence. So for example, right, you've got a job 
And suddenly you have this overwhelming thought, they'll all figure out that I'm rubbish at this job. I can't do the job. They'll all find out I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And that won't leave you and it's still there. So then ask yourself that question, which is what is the evidence that supports that? Look for that evidence. Don't need to see a therapist for that. I mean, obviously you're going to go and see one or whatever support you access. But for anyone that's watching, if you can use that vocabulary and use that in your own dialogue, in that internal dialogue and say, what evidence supports that? I do that all the time. So what evidence does support that? So I don't deserve the job. So here we are. Let's break it down. Number one, did you apply for the job? Well, yeah, I sent an application in. Great. Did you get an interview? Yeah, yeah, I got an interview. Yeah, I had a panel of people. Great. And did you pass through the interview? Yeah, yeah, I got to the next stage. Excellent. Then what happened? Well, they offered me the job. Oh, they offered you the job. Yeah, yeah, sent me a job offer letter, gave me a start date, and I started. Right. So you've applied for the job. You got interviewed for the job. The job was accepted. You accepted that job because they feel that you're able to do that job. So what evidence supports the fact that you can't do that job? Stop and think for that moment. You know, that's just one example, right? What is the evidence? So then if you're still feeling that way, you've got to then ask yourself the question, what else is going on for me in that moment? Yeah, yeah. Now I've been through that myself. I've been through that. Um, and I remember it clearly. You know, I was managing a, a private rehab at the time and I'd never managed a private rehab before in my life. You know, I'd always worked community drug and alcohol and this was the first time I'd, I'd ever worked in this field. So I was overwhelmed. So I walked through the door just before I walked in and I said to myself, today's the day they're going to fire you. I mean, Interesting. what a powerful, like, that was the overriding thought, right? They're going to fire you today. They're going to fire you today. I was thinking, hold on, what's the evidence that supports that they're going to fire you yeah. today? Have you breached any policy and procedure? Have you broken any rules? Have you harmed anyone? Have you smashed the gaff up? What, like, what have you done? Yeah. I was like, well, I haven't done anything. I thought, right, okay. So there's nothing rationally and tangible and obvious of what's going on. So what else is going on for you? And I was able to look at it and I was able to see that I was overwhelmed and I needed to ask for help. Interesting. That's what I needed to do was say, hi, um, how do you do this bit? or I need some support around here, um, or what's your process around this, because I'm a bit confused. So actually opening my mouth and communicating, not suffering alone, not internalizing it, yep. actually vocalizing it, really, really important. And guess what? Received the help. Funny that. Got the help. And I know the rehab also, and you did right. a great job. Very good job. Good well, reputation. Thank you. And, and the team were phenomenal. You know, the whole, the, the senior management team, the, um, the support workers, the therapists, together. You know, I can't do that alone, right? So... And I had all these resources at my disposal, but just for that moment felt that it was all on me and I have to do it all. And that's a little bit like me anyway, all or nothing. But that there are moments where it came out, it doesn't serve you well, right? So channeling, challenging the evidence, looking at where it supports that negative thought. If you still can't find anything there and you know it's, it still hasn't shifted, vocalize it, ask for help, get some clarity, whether it's supervision if you're in the work workforce yeah, right yeah or whether it's sharing with a like-minded person or someone in your family or in your network um you know having that ability to vocalize is really important especially as men you know talking about our feelings is key absolutely key i mean we need to do that more i think it's getting better yeah i think it's definitely getting better with 
you know, many celebs and many people talking out. And I agree, up yeah. About Joey Essex had a good show on last night about the depression, mm-hmm. uh, grief and I. Um, and, and it's becoming, it's get, definitely getting better. Yeah. Um, because I'm quite openly talk about, um, so I suffered with postnatal depression when I had my first kid. And I found it quite patronising to say it because I didn't want to patronise my wife, mm. you know? So women get postnatal depression, not men. Um, but I spoke to psychiatrists and I got diagnosed. I'm like, how can you diagnose me with that? Um, that's interesting because that's another element of imposter syndrome as well. So it's where um, you must minimise your issue. Oh, I'm not as bad as them or I, I shouldn't really have that. That's right. more over, over there. So you almost dismiss you and then those sort of people don't access support. Yeah. So they get left. So that's really important that you it took mentioned me six that. months to get to get the support. Yeah. Um, so it was it was hard, really mm. hard six months. Um, funny enough, I actually got diagnosed with ADHD in the process, mm-hmm. and I'd always suspected that I had it, um, but I never knew. I never knew, and, and it it came to light from that whole process as well. So, well, I mean, I know we're talking about imposter syndrome, but just to touch on ADHD, one thing I, I don't like what I hear out there is people always saying, you know, people with ADHD can't focus. Uh, and I don't believe that. And, you know, a, a good friend of mine, Robert Heiser, he also believes that too, right? It's not that. It's If it's not interesting to me, I'm not going to focus on it. I'll go to what I'm interested in. Sorry, so, can you repeat that? I wasn't listening. That je- <laughs> and there it is again. There it is. That's two. That's two today. You're going to have to keep this in. That's two today. But, yeah, I, I, I can agree with that because yeah. I think... Um, I think um, if we don't have that interest, it just just goes. And, and and this brings me back to, I remember an event when I was at school, and this actually stopped me asking questions for life, right? So I was in a class at school, and the teacher was talking, and they said something, wasn't paying attention, because I wasn't interested. Mm. And I put my hand up and asked a question. And the question I asked was literally what he just said, mm-hmm. and everyone laughed. And it really... Shamed you. Really shamed me. Mm. And it stopped me asking questions. I was embarrassed to ask, what if I do that again? Am I going to get that experience again? Um, So I think growing up, the learning element has been tough because I've not asked those questions. And that prevents you from asking for help. So again, linking it back to imposter syndrome, you can also find that there will be people that have gone through that very same process. So when they are struggling with that pressure... That support system to say, or oh, reach out and ask for help, instantly goes into shame, thinking, yeah, but I might be shamed. It might be a silly question. You know, people say it all the time. Right? They yeah. go, a uh, silly question. And then a trainer would normally go, uh, there's no silly questions <laughs> in her. Yeah. And you think, well, all right. But, you know, that's that's exactly that. So, yeah, yeah that absolutely. I completely agree with that. You know, that shame, a lot of that shame element that we carry with ourselves from childhood into our adult life can definitely be a, a great added ingredient to you know contributing to imposter syndrome and accessing to get into solution i and, and i think um i'm re- i think it's such a good topic and i think there's so many people that are unaware of this subject as well yeah um so well, before you ask your next question i have another example yeah right so i was working with a client and the the imposter they're training to be a yoga therapist and the, she said, oh, I've, got, I've got imposter syndrome. I was like, so say more. Tell me more about you know how this has come to be. So she was saying, you know, they're doing all this great work. So she's comparing herself to others and looking at what they're doing and you know, their assignments and they've moved on and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
But actually, what it came down to when we kept breaking it down and kept chopping it down, what what evidence supports that? There was some actual negative evidence that supported that. And that negative evidence was the fact that she was behind on her work. She hadn't submitted her, her, her assignments. So I said, well, okay, so what's prevented you from doing that? Well, I'm, I'm working flat out at the moment. I'm doing this in my job. I've got to do this. I'm a mum. I'm this. I'm that. Her diary was over overloaded and something needed to give, whether it was take some annual leave. So it was like, well, no wonder you're feeling that way because you're backing up that evidence with yeah. reality because you haven't got the time or you haven't made the time to do that. So what would work for you? So we looked at it and actually she made a decision to book three days annual leave to get it done. Got it done. How do you feel now? Gets it. Well, no, I feel, I feel great. Oh, right. Interesting. So the negative thought that was going on, it loves it. It's like the imposter isn't sitting there going, oh, lovely. Love a little bit of negativity. Yeah. We're going to make some kind of scenario up, right? Half the brain manufactures bullshit. The other half buys it. Yeah. Bosh, there it is. So for her, just by getting that assignment done from stopping procrastinating that was killing, taking all of her energy, it's like gestalt, the unfinished business in the back of the mind. By doing that, it shifted. Um, and you know, amazing. So it never ceases to amaze me, really. But every client's different. Every person's different. We're all different. You've spoken a few times about kind of evidence. What evidence is there to support this? And I heard a great, a great saying where you're in a court case and you're presenting evidence for and against, and and put it in that scenario, and um, and you can really start to see it out, mm-hmm. you know, and start to see how that's looking. You know? Absolutely, but it's also a form of empowerment. If you think about it, if we constantly um, live in a way that we feel that we can't, who says what we can't, right? All right, we might need guidance from somebody else, but we've got to do the work. I can. I'm willing. You know, I will or I won't. I'm not a victim. I will or I won't work on this stuff. So by being empowered to, to talk in the way to say, you know, what evidence is that? You're taking stock. You're taking some healthy control back to actually assess and look and change your mindset or to identify what needs to be changed in the first place. Then you might need to say, well, I need to access support or maybe I need to reduce my hours or maybe I need to move on from this job or maybe I need to leave this relationship. You know, making those decisions and those choices. One doesn't need to be in therapy forever. That's not what it's about, right? I don't have clients in there for long, long, long term therapy. Of course I do. But the aim, depending on the issue, is for you to come in, be assessed, non-judged, really identify what the issue is and what, what works and what doesn't, what you want to change, what you want to keep, and then go and live your life. Yeah. You know, that's 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 what I want for, for the person. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose if you're seeing a personal trainer and nothing changes, you think, is this working? Yeah. You well, know, you've got to get on with it at some point. You've got to, you know, you can't be... So empowering that person to say, well, you know what? I can learn these skills in therapy. I can learn these skills off someone like myself or yourself. But then what can I do when they're not there, you know, what do you do when your therapist isn't there, or your sponsor, or or, or your guide, or, or your your um, coach? You've got to practice this stuff, these these principles in all of your affairs, right? You need to look at this stuff. Yeah. So you, by by talking in this way, um, you stand a better chance because you're reflecting. Yeah. You're looking at behavior, yeah. having that self awareness. All these wonderful things that we learn um, are so so key. So you mentioned you you've suffered with this before can you tell me a bit more about that um so yeah so the the rehab was a perfect example um you know when i started that job um and i've had that at various times you know um in my current like this show 
like the show, the, the show. show. Well, actually, I know you're joking, but I'm being. That's absolutely right. So, you, thanks for shaming me. That's brilliant. Appreciate <laughs> it. Appreciate it. Keep that in. Keep that in. Lovely. Um, no, so I was driving on the way here, and I was thinking, why am I? Why am I coming here to do this? What, what is that about? Why have I said yes? Right, this is what was happening. So I was driving down. I was thinking, hold on a minute. What is going on for your process? I'm tired. Interesting. Something simple. I'm tired. So I don't feel like I'm at my best. So therefore, the, the evidence then, the half the brain manufactures bullshit, the other half buys it, says, yeah. you know, you've got nothing to contribute. No one wants to hear what you've got to say. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Bought the, bought the deal. But I got in between and said, before I do that deal, I'm going to go, well, hold on, what's going on for you? And the reality is I was tired. Why? Half past three this morning, my smoke alarms decided to go off. They all need battery changing and it was just frightening oh. my daughter and I'm up half three on a ladder trying to take them down. And then I couldn't get back to sleep. So I was just lying there. So that's what that was. So is there three questions that you would say, are these are the fundamental questions that you should really ask yourself when when you're in that in that state? Yeah, say- I mean, listen to your body for sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, it sounds a bit out there, but really listen to your body. It's a powerful bit of kit. Our brain and our body, it's a powerful, resilient piece of kit, and we need to take care of it. So listen to our body. No, keep like, you know, when you hear the phrase burning the candle at both ends, we know it. Well, I can only speak to the eye. I knew it when I was burning the candle at both ends, but I chose to continue on that because I want it all. I want to keep doing all that. But who is it helping? So when you're feeling that, you need to hear it. You need to recognize. So that reflection is so important in stopping. So that's why I said about challenging the evidence. That's my first question. It's that stop. Hold on. What's going on for me right now? Well, so what's the evidence that supports it, first of all? So the, Yeah, this is what I'm interested in because I think this, this would be really helpful to anyone that's watching. Yeah. So those kind of, maybe there's more than three, but, you know, three is probably a bit easier for people to remember. Yeah. Um, so, so let's, yeah, so. You have to know what's going on if you went and saw a therapist and said, okay, thank you for coming, tell me why you're here, and they say they don't know, the session's going to be, it's not going to work. There has to be, a, we have to have some kind of awareness of what's really going on, and together we'll explore it and go through it, right? So when you're doing that, self, that self-talk, that listen to yourself and say, well, hold on, what evidence supports what's going on in my thinking? Yeah. Because, you know, very CBT-based, we always say what's in the thinking constitutes the feeling and the behavior. Yeah. You know, and, and the physical symptom. Change the thinking, change the feeling, change the behavior. So what's going on in my thinking right now? What's happening right now in my thought process? So what evidence supports what's going on? If, you, if you've got the answer or you, or you don't know the answer, and say, so, well, what, what else is going on for me? So now we're looking outside of the brain and looking at well, what's going on in my immediate circle. What's going on in my life? Am I tired? Have I eaten? Have I slept? Um, is it that I'm being overloaded? Is it too much pressure? Is it that I've taken on something and I really am not confident and able to do it because I don't know how to do it and I need support? So therefore, then what, what's the action? Yeah. So then the action is, well, okay, I need to cancel that today. I need to say, I'm sorry, that's not for me. No is still an answer. Might be an answer people don't like, but it's still an answer. Where's the boundary? And that's boundary with self, right? So that third question then is really saying to myself, well, what's the action needed? And actually, it might be I need to I need some support. I need to speak to my line manager. I need to go and get therapy. I need to join a support group. I yeah. need to go to the gym more. I need to take a day off, take some annual leave, go and have a massage or a steam day, be present with my family right now, uh, go for a walk in the park, you know, or just go for a walk. Anything 
um, you know, so that, that's relevant to the person that's listening because we're all different, right? Everyone's processes are different. So, so there's some of the things that I would think about. Do you feel that the HALT uh, acronym I love is, the HALT. Is, is applicable to this? 100%. So that's hungry, angry, lonely, tired, HALT, um, <clears throat> which I regularly ask myself. If, if my thinking goes, mm-hmm. I say, am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? Usually tired always comes up, especially with kids. Absolutely. It's like having a car, right? You've got a car. Let's say you've got a Ferrari, beautiful yeah. car, and it's got no petrol in it. And what's going to happen to the car? So this light's going to flash, that one's going to go, brakes aren't happy, tires, you know, the tank. All these things are going to go wrong with it because it's not at its optimum performance. Yeah. It's not in the place that it should be to be able to go like a Ferrari, yeah. right? Yeah. Or it may still go there, but at what cost? And that's the same with us. Yeah, that's the same with the Hulk. At where, where, when we're on form, and we've all done it, we've all been on form. We've yep. had those moments where you're just yep. on fire, right? You're on form. You've probably so you've slept well, you've eaten well, you're feeling great. The endorphins are going. Um, you know, you're you're in that kind of place, in that harmony. You know, not balance. You know, I, I, I don't like the term work like life balance, and I've come to learn that recently from a couple of people I've been connecting with, about because that suggests that you're on the the edge of something. And I never really thought of it that way. It was explained to me literally uh, two days ago. Um, so they prefer harmony. So when you're in harmony, when you're at one, when you're on form, it's not because you've not eaten. It's not because you've not slept. You've done all those things. So it's like the car, it's like the petrol in the tank, right? So when you're all in one, you're feeling great. You're able to just be at your best. So the halt is very applicable because it says, well, hold on, what do I need amending yeah. so that I can feel at my best and give my best? Am I giving too much to somebody else? And I haven't got enough in my own tank. Yeah, yeah. So as much as I help people, you know, within the therapy um, realm, but also outside of that, I have to have it in the tank to be able to help others. So self-care is important, you know, taking that time for me. Yeah. Um, otherwise, then I'm running on empty. So self-care, really, really important. Listen to your body. So, so important. And you think <clears throat> that, that that's t- taking that self-care can prevent potentially these thinkings, these thoughts coming in? Um, Look, I'm not an expert of imposter syndrome. I just know that you stand a better chance um, because it's not what happens, right? It's how you deal with it. So that may still come up because we're dealing with life. We're dealing with... And we're powerless over our first thought. Right. And so we're dealing with other stimulus that's going on, other stimuli that's going on, right, externally. But we might be more, more able to address it and deal with it. We stand a better chance. If I go into a boxing ring with Mike Tyson with no boxing lessons, I'm going to lose straight away. I still may lose even if I have sessions, but I stand a better chance than I did when I didn't. Yeah. So it's about having a go. So doing the best that I can to take care of self so I can deal with that. You know, Because life is on life's terms and we can't change that. But it's, it's the perspective that needs to change. You know, It's not what happens that affects us. It's the interpretation to what happens that affects us. That's brilliant. So... The main message I kind of got from this is when your head, or I suppose the two messages that I got from this is when your head goes to that place, ask questions, ask yourself the questions, get that evidence to support it, Mm -hmm. and ask for help. Would you say that pretty much Mm -hmm. sums up? I think that's so important because we're all capable of our heads going that way. it happens regularly. I know if I do um, an interview for the Sun or this or that, straight away, 
straight away it goes straight to that. Mm. Uh, but they're asking me for an interview because they obviously feel that they're, you know, exactly there's something to support it that I can offer something. Yeah. Um, based on whatever they know. So, um, but but that's sure. one of the, but that's one of the things that I was thinking about when I was driving in the car as well. So what's the evidence? Well, Nick asked you to come. So why does he ask you to come? Because you've got no value, or because you've got nothing to say? Well, it doesn't make sense. You know, that's not what this is about. This is about trying to help people that are subscribing or watching or viewing with tangible skills and um, facts that will really help them move forward in their lives. Massively. So you need, you know, so again, another form of evidence. And the eye candy. And the eye candy, obviously. You, you know, talking needed about me, for the show. Talking about me here. Of course. In the, absolutely. In the coral. Of course, absolutely. I've made an effort for you, as you can see. You, and you look fabulous. Stop um, it. Stop <laughs> The... I'm really interested to anyone that's watching, please comment below on examples that you've had mm. um, where imposter syndrome has, has really come into play here and, um, and potentially what you've done to kind of stop that thinking and question it. Be really interested to see people's comments. Tanner, thank you so much for coming in. That's all right. Um, it has been a pleasure. You've been really informative. I think you're really going to help a lot of people with this. Um, and I'm really grateful that you came on. Thank do you, you. Mean, Do you mean you? Yes, of course. That's but why you do this, isn't it? This is this, this is, is your way of not paying this for therapy. This is why I call it. it. You know, it's, it's got got to have my name on it twice. Con, <laughs> con, you know. But um, but on a serious note, thank you. No, absolutely um, great. I'm really grateful. No, absolutely. If it helps one person, then we've done our job. Quite confident it will. And that's kind of what I'm about. If it helps one person, no matter what we talk about, then uh, then we've achieved that goal that we set out, right? Absolutely. Tanner is a great psychotherapist. If you're looking to find out more, looking to speak to someone, need some help, please reach out to him on his Instagram, which is... At Tanner Therapy. T-A-N-E-R Therapy. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Tanner. Thanks so much. See you guys. Bye.